you're new to Center Point, my name is Brian Bolton. No, I, actually, my name is Lane Haslock. I'm the uh, family pastor here at Center Point Christian Church, and I, I can't tell you how I- excited I am to to just be here. Not only to be to be here with you this morning, I do thank God that I don't preach every Sunday now. This is wonderful. I don't know how Brian, Brian does it to get everything else done, but uh, I'm also so glad to be here to share with you this uh, top priority that we're going to be talking about today, and it's, and it's I will worship. Where's Tim? Tim, did you do this? Huh? Tim, during our prayer time, Tim told Brian, make sure you lift Lane up. You know what I mean, lift Lane up. So, okay. Yes, I'm, one of these days I might file a formal complaint because everything is so tall here. I have to have a stepladder in about every room to get the garbage bags. You know, like yesterday, someone could peek in, when, or last Sunday, when I was teaching the high schoolers. They're like, Lane, your feet don't touch the ground when you're sitting on the stool. I was like, you know, you're right. I have to use the restroom. Probably shouldn't tell you this, but I have to use the restroom in the kids' section because that's just my size. I'm tired of my feet dangling. So, so anyway, no, I'm not going to file a complaint. Just height discrimination or whatever. Small things come in. Was it good things come in small packages? See, I messed that up. I will worship. How many of you agree with Psalm 122:1 that says? I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. Hey, let me read it again. Maybe we can do better. Thanks, Nick. All right. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Oh, that's better. Great, great. If you're glad to be in the house of the Lord, it's great to express it. See, at least you're here, right? And that's an accomplishment in itself. That's one thing that I learned. There was a period of about nine months when I was kind of in between ministries that my wife Becky and I and our two kids attended Center Point when you were at Metathorpe Elementary about, say, nine years ago. And I realized then the struggle that it is, is to, to get up and get the kids going, get yourself going, to get here on time. And it's so difficult to try to put all your pressures of daily life. And Monday's coming around and trying to focus in. So it is an accomplishment. So just for being here, every one of you gets gold stars as you leave. It's good for one free uh, Chick-fil-A sandwich at Chick-fil-A. Today only, though. It's redeemable on Sunday. Ah, Y'all are sharp this morning. Sharp this morning. We're talking about top priorities. One of the top priorities that Brian talked about was love, loving God, loving others, because the greatest commandment says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, sorry, no, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and all your strength. The other top priority is sharing Christ with others, because Matthew 28, 18 says, Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. All authority in heaven and in earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. 
reason why we're talking about top priorities now, it's because it's a new year. We've got a new chance to get things right. Actually, the truth is, because of the grace and mercy of our Heavenly Father, every day, even every moment, can be a chance to get things right. We're talking about priorities because it affects our walk with God and our witness to other people. When our walk with God is great, so is our witness to others. When our walk with God is kind of so-so, so is our witness to others. So we have to work on keeping our priorities, loving and sharing. And today we're going to talk about worship. Now, these priorities are geared toward believers, for followers of Jesus Christ. So, if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, then you get to take the day off. You're not in the hot seat for a change. I'm just kidding. Because out of all the places that you could be, even if it's just a warm bed, you chose to be here. Because perhaps you too have realized that there is more to life than the here and now. That you've realized that there's more that meets the eye. And perhaps you too have felt the tug of the Holy Spirit on your heart. Or just your spouse tugging on you trying to get you out of bed. Either way, I'm glad you're here. Because if the day arrives that you chose to be a follower of Jesus Christ, then you'll already know the priorities involved in keeping a healthy walk and witness with God and Jesus Christ. So today, let's get started with uh, with our, I think it's the third priority. I will worship. Check out this verse from Psalm 122. It's what we started out with. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Now, that that up there is the NIV. That was the King James Version that I quoted. But I rejoice with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Now, maybe when you get home, open up your Bible. Psalm is is almost smack dab in the middle of your Bible. If you put the Bible on its spine and you kind of put your thumbs in there and open up, should open up to the book of Psalm. And then in there, you will see that there's little letters right underneath uh, Psalm 122.1, you know, the big Psalm 122. Right underneath it, it will say, a psalm of David, a psalm of ascent. Those little little, um, words there, those little notes there are actually in the original Hebrew. The book of Psalm was the worship book that they would go uh, go to. The temple of God was up on a hill. So when they started making their way to the temple, they would say, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And they would sing other psalms of ascent as they went up to the the temple to worship. Imagine if we sang songs like this when we got in the car and we're we're driving to, to church. And when we get here, I was glad when they said unto me. How different our time of worship would be. So really, perhaps our worship begins with our attitude. With our attitude. I was glad when they said unto me. 
How many of us were glad to get out of bed this morning? Now, something my youth minister would say, he said years ago was, if Jesus can rise from the dead, you can get out of bed. Now, it's not something that, you know, that, you know, I really wouldn't use for a group uh, text Sunday morning. Kind of thought about it. But I think it gets the point across. Jesus has done so much for us. The least we can do is roll out a bit on Sunday morning and be glad that we get to. Glad that we get to go to church. Not that we got to. We get to. We get to go to church because it pleases God. And we receive a blessing both from being with each other and a blessing from God for worshiping Him. Now listen to this verse. It's from Isaiah 58, 13. You might be able to follow along on the screen as well. It says, If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, I'm going to stop for a second. This is God talking. And we know from the start the word if means that this is conditional. If you do this, then this will happen. So if you keep from breaking the Sabbath. Now something else for Christians. Since Jesus Christ rose from the dead on the first day of the week, Sunday became our holy day for the Jews since Jesus rested on the, uh, did he rest on the sixth day? Yet? Yeah. Somebody help me out. Okay, well, Jesus rested, or God rested, and that, and that became the, the Sabbath. But for us, it's Saturday, Sunday. Goodness, it is Sunday. So let's check this out again. So to help with the confusion, I'm already confused, but to help with that, I will say Sunday morning instead of Sabbath. So if you keep your feet from breaking Sunday morning and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call Sunday morning a delight and the Lord's day, Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you will, then you will find your joy in the Lord and I will cause you to ride on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. If, then, if my holy day is delight, is a delight, then you will receive a blessing. If you don't do whatever you want on my holy day, but you do what God's want, what God wants. Sunday is also called the Lord's Day in the New Testament. Whose day is it? It's the Lord's Day. I don't want to go to church. I don't want to get out of bed. You know, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. That's where the problem is because it's the Lord's Day. It's not our day. And we get to gather because of Jesus Christ, and we get to worship our Heavenly Father, and we get a tremendous blessing back. So what is worship? What is worship? Here's kind of a, a 
I don't know if you call it a definition. It's just something that, from my personal observation of God's Word, I kind of put together a a definition of worship that I've kind of used throughout my ministry. Worship is actively expressing to God His worth, gratefully giving of ourselves as we acknowledge His awesomeness. Worship is actively expressing to God His worth, gratefully giving of ourselves as we acknowledge His awesomeness. Singing, which we'll talk a bit, talk more about in a little bit, is one of the ways that we can actively express to God His worth. But oftentimes, this is where we get into trouble. The absolute opposite of acknowledging His awesome, His awesomeness, which has to be part of our worship, is the song. Now, it's one of my least favorite worship songs. It's called Little White Box. Do you know that song? I'm going to attempt to sing. Then you go, thank God Lane's not part of the worship team. So maybe I'll just say the words. It's a retro song. You might know it. If I had a little white box to put my Jesus in, I'd take him out and and share him with a friend. And then it goes on. I'm not going to sing now. If I had a little red box to put the devil in, I'd take him out and bust his face and put him back again. There's a lot of problems with that song. (laughs) One of the problems I have with this song is that what is Jesus doing in a box anyway? I mean, do we really want to be teaching our toddlers how to compartmentalize their faith already? They'll learn that soon enough. The only redeeming quality of that song is sharing Jesus with a friend. I'm all for that. And the part about resisting the devil by busting his face, I like that too. But my biggest complaint is how this song portrays Jesus as being all cute and cuddly like a stuffed animal, or like the My Buddy doll. I didn't have a My Buddy doll. I had a Couch Patch kid and named him Freddy. He's probably like 30 years old now, but... So, you, you, you know, you know who, who's the, who do you got with you? You know, like all cute... Who do you got with you? Oh, it's my buddy, Jesus and me. My buddy. Remember that song, My Buddy? Yeah, Charles, you had one too. My buddy, Jesus and me. But what happens to my buddy? Because eventually, yeah, you go around with for a season. He goes with you everywhere you go. This is my buddy, Jesus. Check him out. And then he goes back in his little white box in your room. And then he goes into the little white glad bag up in the attic. And then he takes a one trip a one-way trip to goodwill. As God in the flesh, Jesus is not meant to be cute and cuddly and tossed aside because he is the image of the invisible God. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. Hebrews 1.3 says that Jesus 
is the exact representation of his being that Jesus is like God in every way. You know, during his ministry in John 14, when Philip said, Jesus, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. What was Jesus' response? Philip's request was, Jesus, show us God. In verse 9, Jesus responds with, don't you know me? Even after I've been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. You want to know God? You want to see God in action? Look to Jesus. And as we go on, whatever is said about God applies to Jesus. Even that drop-the-mic moment in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28. I imagine the writer of Hebrews stepping up to the mic and saying, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably. Are you ready for that drop-the-mic moment? Let me pray. I got my mic. I'm not going to really drop one of the worship team's mics. But it goes, worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Boom. And he walks off the stage. Our God is a consuming fire and should be worshiped with reverence and awe. I was in awe. Was it Tuesday night? Tuesday night, I went to the temple downtown off of North Broadway where people wear a sea of blue. And they chant, on, on, U of K, or something like that. It's been a while. It's been a long time. I think the last time I was at a game that I was a kid with my dad and the, the cheerleaders is some type of Christmas tree pyramid and, and then kind of spun around. It was kind of cool. But everybody's cheering and they're excited and it was awesome. And I went with, the, of, with Stephen and, and Philip and, and Brian and I was like, I'm just going to have to, I don't know how I'm going to keep my jaw from dropping. I was in awe. This is, this is awesome. See, we have no problem yelling at the top of our lungs when we're at that temple, when we're at Rupp Arena. We have no problem cheering on our cats, and we're active, we, and we talk about their awesomeness, and we know things about them. What if we actually captured that? It's okay to be excited and to have fun, but if, what if we used most of that or the same amount or more in our worship? God. You know, sometimes you talk about the sports players, that they come off the, the, the court, they're worn out. Why? Because they left it all on the court. We come to worship the Lord, and when we leave, may we be exhausted because we left it all here. Part of worship involves acknowledging His awesomeness. 
Jesus is not some God in the box that we can take out whenever we want and pass them around as we please and box them up until the next crisis or tragedy. No, God is a consuming fire. He's the creator and sustainer of the universe. And from Scripture, we understand that God is all-powerful, all-doing, ever-present, eternal, and thus absolutely deserves to be worshipped in such a way that acknowledges His awesomeness, reverence, and awe. And also expresses to God his worth. Actually, our word worship is derived from the old English word worthship. Worthship. So when we worship, we are expressing to God his worth. He is definitely worthy of our worship for who He is and what He has done for us. And in addition to how we described God a second ago, add to that list that He is also all-loving and caring, compassionate and merciful, holy and gracious. In His awesomeness, God is absolutely worthy. And worship is our opportunity to get to express it actively. Unfortunately, too many of us are guilty of idol worship. Idol, as in not active. Or of no real worth, importance, or significance. We become guilty of idol worship. Idol worship happens when we are, at best, spectators, or at worst, critics of the worship we are observing rather than being active participants. Action is key to keeping our worship idol-free. So here are some examples from God's Word of how our worship can be more active. Let them wash over you as I read. And see if you can pick up some of the actions. Psalm 47, 1. Clap your hands, all you nations. Shout to God with cries of joy. Psalm 95, 1. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before Him with thanksgiving and extol Him with music and song. Psalm 95, 6, come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Psalm 63, 4, I will praise you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. Psalm 28, 2, hear my cry for mercy as I call to you for help, as I lift up my hands toward your holy place. Some of the ways that we can actively express to God His worth is by singing for joy, shouting out loud, 
praising him with musical instruments and song, kneeling before the Lord, even bowing down before him. And if you study this word, especially in the New Testament, the Greek word for bowing is proskuneo. It means to prostrate yourself. Let me demonstrate. This is proskuneo. It's to bow down. It's what the wise men did when they approached the baby Jesus with their gifts. If you look at the word, it's these wise men, these kings from the east fell in front of this child because they wanted to worship the one who's king of the Jews. Jesus Christ is our king. And we can actively worship him I can remember, was it Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? Is that it? Maybe it's not. Which one that they go, we're not worthy, we're not worthy. What's that? Wayne's World. Thank you. Not Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I probably didn't watch that one. It was before my time, maybe. So anyway. So, uh, so yeah, Wayne's, Wayne, not Wayne's World. You know, we're not worthy, we're not worthy. And that's kind of what we do by our action. We bow down before our Heavenly Father and go, we're not worthy, but because of Jesus Christ and what he did for us, we can be. And we are. Our posture says a lot about our emotions and about our priorities and what we think and, and how we feel. One of the things when we are actively worshiping God, worshiping God, expressing acknowledging his awesomeness, and people see us doing that, that communicates a wonderful thing. If, but if we're doing it half-heartedly, you know, checking our phone, okay, you know, what's that communicate as well? Now, here's the thing. We do have to make sure that we are worshiping God that our worship is towards God and not to be seen. Jesus Christ says a lot about that. So having said that, if your worship is Godward and not to be seen by others, I want to give you permission. I want to give you permission to actively worship God in the ways that God's Word describes. I have, this sermon is very special to me. And maybe personally we can talk more about it. But I just want to share that, I, that there's a reason I think why Brian asked me to preach this sermon, this particular sermon, to be my very first sermon. And his response was, Lane, because they will receive it well. And what is awesome is that you are at a church, and I hope you realize how awesome this place is, this gathering, that you get to appreciate it, and that you're at a place where you can not only hear this and go, okay, that's good, but then actually you can be involved. You can apply this message today.
So we looked at singing and shouting, praising God with musical instruments, kneeling before Him, bowing before Him, lifting up our hands as we cry out for help and His mercy and something else that we can do. And it's the last one I'll mention today. And it's dancing. Yes, dancing. David danced before the Lord. Psalm 149.3 says, Let them praise His name with dancing and make music to Him with tambourine and harp, for the Lord takes delight in His people. And He crowns the humble with salvation. Let the saints rejoice in this, in his, in this honor and sing for joy on their beds. Now this part about singing for joy in their beds kind of made me stop. Wait a minute. Sing for joy in their beds. You know, I can, I can remember this, uh, uh, this uh, advertisement that I saw. And it had a guy in traffic piled up behind him. And, and he had the hood of his car up. And he's like, he's looking at it, kind of frustrated, looks frustrated from the back. He looked frustrated. I don't know how you look frustrated from the back, but he did. And, but, and then the words underneath it said, how long does your worship service last? <laughs> See, this attitude of worship is really something that we should carry with us throughout our day. Imagine how different our day would begin if we began dancing, <laughs> delighting ourselves in the Lord, Let's just warm up. Let's maybe, let's try with Sunday. And so when we get here, we're already warmed up and we're ready. Okay, the last thing about worship. Because worship acknowledges his awesome. Uh, worship is uh, expressing to God his worth. But also worship is giving of ourselves. It's kind of an odd passage. So stick with me. 2 Samuel 24, 22. Aruna said to David, let my Lord the king take whatever pleases him and offer it up. Here are the oxen and the burnt offering, and here are the threshing sledges and ox yokes for the wood. O king, Aruna, gives all this to the king. May the Lord your God accept you. But the king, this is David, replied to Aruna, no, I insist on paying you for it. I will not sacrifice to Lord my God burnt offerings that cost me nothing. Worship, true worship, is costly. It will cost you of your time. It might cost you the key spot on the sports team. It might cost you a promotion in your job because you decide to come here or you come in a little bit later. It's going to cost you because if we're doing it right, it's going to wear us out. It's going to cost us because, you know, we are worshiping Godward, but we're going to kind of feel a little bit self-conscious of what they're thinking, what are they thinking. But worship must cost us something. Psalm 100 is going to come up on the screen. And as I do, 
or as it does, and I read it, I'm going to say an action, and I'm going to pause and wait for you to fulfill the action. Don't worry. There's no bowing down flat on the ground. Maybe I'll put that in the second service. Okay, Psalm 100. Are you ready? You ready? Okay, here we go. Shout for joy to the Lord. Oh, come on. Do that again. Shout for joy to the Lord. All the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. I guess we can't really apply that. So when, when, the, when the praise band gets up here, let's sing joyfully. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Let's hear praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Awesome. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. His faithfulness, his love. God is definitely worthy of our worship, especially because of what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross.